This is a very serious podcast. Is it? Okay. Excellent. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Splanknicks. I'm your host, independent author Claire T. Walker. This is my co-host, theater professional Hannah Kubiak. Mm-hmm. Um, on today's episode... Oh, there's, uh, there's something else important about me that you should tell them. What? Oh, yes. This is my daughter. Hi! <laughs> of course. Yes, Hannah, this is a mother-daughter uh, mother-daughter endeavor here. Yes, intergenerational. So, that's right, yeah. that's right. And actually, and thanks, Mom, Hannah's grandmother, for the uh, voiceover that you're about to hear. Yeah, she's going to do it. <gasps> she said she would? Ooh, cool. Yeah. And uh, so today, on today's episode of Splatniks, we're talking about Tolkien... J.R.R. Tolkien, the man, the movie, the copyright that's still in the family. <laughs> Stay tuned. Welcome to Splanknicks, the Society for the Preservation of Literature, the Arts, Numinosity, Culture, Humor, <laughs> Nerdiness, Inspiration, Creativity, and Storytelling. Okay, we're back. Um, thanks, Mom, again for that uh, for that voiceover. Uh, before we get into our conversation, let's do our input output update. Yeah. So, Hannah, what have you been reading and or watching lately? Well, um, I've been watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm on the fifth season right now. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I um, I've been watching a lot of that pretty good it's very exciting actually Teresa got me onto it it's her favorite show really yeah she told me to watch it yeah so no kidding I don't know if if people don't know what it's about it's about a chemistry teacher who he gets cancer and he's thinking well I'm gonna die in the next year or so I need to leave money for my for my family like my uh, my wife and my kids and so he has to do it quick and so he's a chemist and he runs into one of his former students who is a um, a meth dealer, and so they end up cooking meth together in an RV and selling it um, on the streets. And it, he makes tons and tons and tons of money and um, all this stuff. But then there's all these uh, like issues with cartels and other people, and just it's a it's a it's a high high risk uh, it's a high risk um, um, what is it. Endeavor. Job. Endeavor? It's a high it's a job? high risk yeah. job. Yeah. Um, high risk, um, high reward. Yeah, cooking and selling meth. Yeah, because of the like cartels and people coming after you. And then also, his brother in law is in the DEA, the Drug <laughs> Enforcement Agency. Okay. So he has family dinners with the guy who's looking for him, basically. <laughs> I, it, oh, it's so cool. It's so much fun, and um, it's it's such an interesting pair of main characters as well because it's. Uh, this 50-year-old, really, really smart, super intelligent man, and then actually um, this, like, he's, like, 25, this kid who was, he was, like, the troublemaker in the chemistry teacher's class, mm-hmm. you know, and um, but he ends up helping him cook and stuff, and he kind of is, like, one of those, he's one of those people who he's, like, yo, whatever, yo, you know, like, he always says, yo. Um, whatever, yo. And, uh, we always like his baggy pants and stuff. And so it's, it's, it's a really funny dynamic, I think. If I'm not mistaken, the, um, 
creator of that show, showrunner, producer, head producer of that show, mm-hmm. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, yeah. One of, one of my favorite writers of The X-Files. That's right. Oh, and the guy who plays um, uh, Walter White, the uh, the chemist. Yeah. That's Brian Cranston. Do you know who Brian Cranston is? No. He was in an X-Files episode. Oh. oh you were playing this game with me yesterday when we were watching Bosch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll... You, you okay? You don't. I've you, never you're seen not it. gonna be able to guess, and you don't know. You know. You know what he looks like. He looks a lot different now, though. Okay, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. And see if I can guess which X Files episode he was Should in. Should I just tell you for curiosity? No, I want to try to Okay, it out. okay. He was in an X Files episode. Okay, so I'll watch more. some. I'll get Breaking Bad and I'll watch it. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of it. It's on and Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I will watch it and then I'll try to guess. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's my input right now. I've been learning about meth dealers. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I've raised you well, evidently. <laughs> yep. All right. So, now what about you? What have you what's been? What's my um, input? What's your um, input? I um, I recently finished watching uh, the last, most recent, I should say, season of Bosch, mm-hmm. which is the uh, series about or based on the novels of Michael Connelly about mm-hmm. um, his uh, detective, L.A. detective character, yeah. Harry Bosch. Mm-hmm. Those are um, hard-boiled detective stories mm-hmm. and, you know, very gritty, very realistic. We'll, um, we'll have a talk. We'll talk about that, too, about the different kinds of detective yeah, mysteries. Yeah, actually, there's write the, down. There's the, yeah, write it down. There's the cozy <laughs> mysteries versus the hard-boiled detective yeah. mysteries, and they're very different. Bosch is definitely hard-boiled. I love hard-boiled detectives. And the guy who plays... Harry Bosch, yeah, is also was in an X Files episode. Yeah, the person who plays um, the person uh, suing him is also was also in several episodes of the X Files. Right, his lawyer was in an episode of the yep. X Files. Big Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so this is that was interesting. All this compliments about X Files. Why don't we just talk about X Files? Yeah, today? instead of I mean, well, we did say we were going to talk about Tolkien, so we should probably we do will. that. We will. <laughs> so that that's my input as far as what what I've been watching. Um, yeah. And what have I been reading lately? Um, hmm. I can't remember what I was reading. Mm. I usually I have a stack of books, but I can't think of it now. Yeah. So, but that that can be our input for now. Okay. Yeah. 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 We both yeah, we okay. talked about both the things for quite a while. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And what are you working on? What's your uh, What's your output? What are my you... output is um, I'm working on my second novel, mm-hmm. <clears throat> another veterinary medical thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, obviously. How could you? Um, I'm a I'm a veterinarian, <laughs> which means an animal doctor. Um, so I uh, I'm in clinical practice. I take care of people's dogs and cats, mm-hmm. and I have definitely gained a lot of experiences um, that have helped me in my fiction writing. So I mm-hmm. write veterinary medical thrillers, which are basically it's a subgenre of the medical thriller. Mm-hmm. The medical thriller is uh, pioneered by authors like Robin Cook, Michael Crichton, mm-hmm. um, and they write. Their stories are basically about medical doctors mm-hmm. who usually stumble into something mm-hmm. rather hair-raising and hazardous. And mm-hmm. so my uh, veterinary medical thrillers are about a veterinarian who stumbles into something uh, hair-raising and hazardous. Mm-hmm. This is the second one, and I'm working on it. It's called Lonely River. The, my first one is called The Keys of Death. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Keys of Death, my first one, is uh, <clears throat> is about a veterinarian who gets involved in a big... Um, in a whistleblowing scheme mm-hmm. against a big biotech co- company. Yeah. And uh, Lonely River is about a veterinarian who stumbles into a uh, political scandal. Right. You know, when I tell people, I, people ask, hey, what is your, so like, 
what does your mom do? And I say, she's a vet. And they're like, oh, where did she serve? And I ah. say, uh, Boone Animal Hospital. Like, right, you know? right. Yep. <laughs> it's very now, you know what? When I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. we were celebrating, this was in fifth grade or sixth grade or something, we were celebrating Veterans Day. Oh. And, and our teacher asked, does anybody know what Veterans Day is? And one of my classmates raised her hand. She says, yes, when all the animal doctors get a day off. Oh, that's so great. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's like, um, I don't know. Oh, how I used to think that Merlin's Mufflers and Breaks was Merlin's Muffins and Bakes. And I always wondered why we didn't go there to get a snack. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah, why did we never go to Merlin's and get a muffin? <laughs> muffins and bakes. Yeah. That is so awesome. Oh, excellent. Should we, we yeah. talk about our topic? Yeah, let's go into it. Let's talk about okay. Tolkien. Okay. So the reason we wanted to talk about Tolkien in uh, um, 19, uh, 1919, 2019 is because um, a movie came out about him, about his life, a biopic. It was... Mm -hmm. um, Directed by, let me get his name right. Mm -hmm. um, directed by Dom Karakowski. I oh. hope I pronounced his name correctly. Dom Karakowski. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's pronounced Dom or Dome. And it stars Nicholas Holt and Lily Collins. Mm -hmm. And it's about Tolkien's life. Um, I, my impression after I saw the movie was that um, I thought that if you were a Tolkien fan. You would you would really really love this movie, mm -hmm. and that was borne out when I talked to uh, people who were really wild about Tolkien. Uh -huh. They they yeah. dug it. They thought it was the really mm -hmm. great movie. And then I uh, talked to other people who weren't necessarily huge Tolkien fans, mm -hmm. who um, were they they may have enjoyed it, mm -hmm. but they didn't just go crazy about it. Yeah. And in fact, it might have been if you didn't know anything about Tolkien, you might think hmm, it wasn't that exciting. Maybe mm -hmm. so. Um, so what about you? You were telling me about your friend who you went to see the movie with. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's, yeah, it's funny you should mention that, um, people who don't know about Tolkien would probably not really like the movie because mm -hmm. the friend that I went, I went to see this movie with, um, a friend of mine. Um, we, uh, we both work really weird hours. So we were both, it was like, we're like, we're like daytime moviegoer friends because okay. we're like, I want to go and see it like $5 movie on Tuesday and like I wonder who's who's not at work you know I was like oh okay I'll go with you know mm -hmm. go with my buddy so um um and my friend um he was in the navy for five years okay and so he's sort of a self-proclaimed like um he calls himself a grunt he's like yeah I'm just a grunt you know I don't really I don't really know anything about books or anything like he wouldn't consider himself an intellectual like he's He's, he's plenty smart. He has a very strategic mind. Um, but um, he wouldn't consider himself to be sort of like a literary person. He didn't really know anything about Tolkien. He knew about the Lord of the Rings, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so he recognized stuff where he was like, oh, that's supposed to be like where he got the inspiration for that, you know? But as far as all the, all the um, biographical stuff, he didn't really know anything. Um, mm -hmm. But... Um, when um, we got out of the movie, we were walking back to the car, and he was like, oh my gosh, that was, I, I feel like I want to, you know, create something, or make something, or at least clean my room, you know? Just do something, do something that opens your mind a little bit, you know? Do something creative. So it, it kind of, it was sort of, yeah, it was intellectually stimulating, and 
so I think this is a good movie not just for creative people, but also for people who want to be creative. Wow. I guess. Yeah. You know? Because, um, yeah, this this uh, friend of mine, he keeps on saying, like, oh, you know, I, I don't write. I'm not an artist or anything like that. I'm like, well, you could be, you know? Like, mm -hmm. everybody has an artist inside of them that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's a really interesting response uh -huh. to that movie. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, that movie does go into great takes great pains to demonstrate the origins of Tolkien's imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about a fertile imagination. Right, yeah. Um, and right from the opening scenes where it begins during Tolkien's childhood, mm -hmm. where he's in this really, really beautiful um, English countryside, and they show mm. these vistas of it, and you think, well, there's the Shire. This is where yeah. he got the oh. idea for this idyllic, to live there. you know, uh, <laughs> pastoral um, uh, uh, place, a setting, Mm -hmm. um, very peaceful and, and, you know, yeah. and obviously it was, it was, um, through the lens of his childhood, which is a very happy time for, for him, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other aspects of, um, his imagination, like, um, I mean, I know that his experience as a, as a soldier in World War One mm -hmm. very much influenced his, um, depictions of, you know, places like, like Mordor. Yeah. Oh, the trenches and all the mud, and it was just dark everywhere, and mm -hmm. no plants whatsoever, and just people, yeah. like, struggling through the dirt and stuff. And, yeah, and his friend, I don't know if this was, I think it may have actually been the name of, what was it, a sergeant who was yeah. helping him? his little sergeant, his yeah, assistant. He yeah, he was trying to get across to a different, a different encampment to find his friend. Mm hmm because he hadn't heard from him in a long time and he wanted to make sure he was still alive. Yeah. But he had trench fever, didn't he? That's what Tolkien had. He yeah. had trench fever and eventually had to be sent home from the war. Right, yeah. It. But so yeah. it kept on, the movie kept on um, flashing forward to when he was in the trenches and there was this one soldier, um, like one of his, one of the people who was under his command or something, mm -hmm. who was helping him get to this other encampment to find his friend. And the, the soldier's name was Sam. Right. So right. I loved that, yeah. So there we get. I think I like Sam. I think uh, my um, my 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 buddy when um when he said he was like, oh, you know, thanks for being here, Sam, and I was like, oh, it's Sam. You know? Yeah, <laughs> your friend's name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sam. Oh, just he made the connection. Too. Yeah. Okay. No, I I made the connection. I think yeah. I actually like Sam. grabbed his arm. And I was like, it's Sam. It's like, what? Nice. <laughs> yeah. And That's also, great. yeah, in again college, he had his four friends. They were part of the. What was the name of their? The Barovian, the Tea Club and Barovian Society, TCBS. TCBS, yeah. yeah. And there were four of them. Yeah. Well, it was like the four hobbits. Mm -hmm. I loved that. I mm -hmm. wonder if he based the, the hobbits off of uh, his friends. Yeah. I mean, that whole, um, the fact that there were the four hobbits who mm -hmm. go off and they do things yeah. together, I think that was definitely part of it. Yeah. Oh, and this movie also, it reminded me of being a, uh, being a drama student in college because <laughs> there was this one scene where they were just in somebody's, somebody's apartment, mm -hmm. um, and they were all, there was furniture there, but they were all lying on the floor, yeah. like reciting poetry, and then someone else from like another part of the floor would be like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a lovely one, lovely verse, you know. And it kind of reminded me of, there's, I wish I could find it, there's a picture of me and all of my other theater students literally were all lying on the floor in my living room. Mm -hmm. And we would do that, we'd lie there, and we'd be trying to pick out monologues for audition workshops mm -hmm. or for acting scenes. So for my acting classes, we had to have a monologue and get up there and do it. 
finding a monologue is one of the most difficult things <laughs> in uh, theater because you find one and you say, oh, man, you know, especially for women, there aren't very many good female monologues. So I actually end up doing a lot of men's monologues that they, they could be, mm -hmm. you know, but we'd all be lying on the floor and um, lying there and be like saying to somebody, say, hey, you know, you should do, you should do a monologue from Red. You're like, Red? I've never read it. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, well, and you like pull it out of the pile that you have of all your scripts and you open it up and you say, yeah, this one, this young guy, he's uh, doing this thing and you could, you know, and you'd like read it aloud to the person. Mm -hmm. Or we'd just be lying there and somebody would be like, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? And then someone from the rest, from the other, another part of the floor, I'd be like, thou art more temperate and whatever. You know? yeah. So yeah. like we all knew these things and we were like just, nice. just nerding out. <laughs> I loved it. It reminded me of college. That's great. And just, Excellent. it made me want to be passionate about theater stuff again. <clears throat> so. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie, too, because I'm a huge, I'm a huge Tolkien um, nerd. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I saw all the things like, um, the, the scenes on the battlefield, they did these interesting illustrations where smoke would turn into, you know, uh, those, those um, the Black Riders on horseback. Yeah. When they when a mustard gas attack was done, you know mm -hmm. Tolkien sort of envisions that as a dragon. Mm -hmm. You know uh, what was a uh, um, Boromir's great line: "The very air you breathe is, is a poisonous it? fume." Uh -huh. I mean, that, yeah, that is a you know direct reference, I think, to um, yeah to the to the chemical warfare that went on during World oh, War One. Yeah, oh, that's terrible. Um, I uh, I want to talk about just a little bit about a couple of one of the major flaws of the movie. Okay. I don't want to get so negative, but I think this this could be instructive um, yeah. for other other artists, other other storytellers. Um, what what I th what I thought the movie had a little trouble doing <laughs> was figuring out what kind of story it was trying to tell. Mm, yeah, was it a buddy movie, which you you know you like buddy movies? Yeah, yeah. Was it a romance? Because they there was a lot yeah. of stuff in there about um, Tolkien's how he how he met mm -hmm. and um, courted and mm -hmm. pursued um, Edith. Yeah, uh, Edith Bratt. Yeah, and that was uh, a very good angle. Mm -hmm. um, or was it was it a war movie? Mm -hmm. um, so what exactly was it? Um, what were they trying to do? You know, I, I think they tried to do it all, and maybe didn't quite pull it off. Maybe you know, I think it was chiefly a buddy movie because, like, that was the through line was these these guys who were sort of. You know, he always had that sort of, like, band of brothers support behind him. Mm -hmm. Like, there was, a, like, I don't know if I want to do any spoilers or anything, but there was that time when he thought Edith was going to marry somebody else, you know? Yeah. So, basically, yeah, and, um, which I guess is kind of like a, 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 a trope of a romance thing. You have to lose the person before you can get them again, you know? But mm -hmm. in... Yeah, in all of the parts of the story, there was some sort of, like, brotherhood. Like, at the beginning, he had his little brother who mm -hmm. he was with. Uh, what's his name? Hillary. Okay. And um, in college, he had um, his four buddies from the mm -hmm. TCBS. Well, in grade school, even, yeah. Grade and in school, grade school, yeah. Yeah, and then college, yeah. <laughs> and then um, when he was uh, in the war, he had Sam. Mm -hmm. And he was looking for one of his buddies from the TCBS mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I feel like that's what the story was chiefly about. Mm -hmm. um, 
I definitely wouldn't say that it was entirely a romance because that was sort of a, it was almost kind of a side thing. Right. Do you think the movie would have been more successful if they had made it chiefly about the romance? Because that- I don't think so. (laughs) Well, it may may have had a possibility because that romance Mm -hmm. had everything in it Mm -hmm. that makes for a great romantic comedy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and like Dickens, I mean, they met when they were orphans. Right. They yeah. met in the same orphanage, basically. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely, um, like in, in any romance, you mm-hmm. need an impediment to the romance. Right. And that was like the, like, wasn't there one, the first one was like the, 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 the woman who was like the foster parent mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. She didn't want them. It was like impropriety. Right. She didn't want them to be, you know, uh, pursuing one another um, while. Yeah. Courting they, in the same house. In the same house. So there was that impediment. Okay. And then yeah. later on. <laughs> The um, uh, uh, Tolkien's uh, guardian. Mm-hmm. There was a family friend who was a oh, right, the priest, a, a priest mm-hmm. who was appointed or volunteered, I guess, to be Tolkien's guardian to make mm-hmm. sure that he grew up and you know did everything mm-hmm. that he was supposed to do. And he took charge of this when he realized mm-hmm. that this could get out of hand. And he said, "No, I forbid you yeah. to to court Edith until you come of age." Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and um, interestingly enough, Tolkien was obedient to that. But yeah. but that there's another impediment. Yeah. Okay. And then the other impediment is he's going off to war. So here's there's the the clock, the clock which it lends urgency to the story. Yeah. And then and then and they didn't even they didn't bring this up in the movie. But um, and I didn't know this until I watched an interview with Nicholas Holt and Lily Collins. Yeah. That Lily actually did in fact get engaged to somebody else yeah. while there was that while they were on that sort of forced hiatus from their relationship. That's right. She became engaged to someone else. Uh-huh. So you think about all the great romance. Yep, yep. You know, all the uh, Jane Austen, uh-huh. um, maybe some Dickens or yeah. certainly Shakespeare. Like everyone just it gets all mixed up. They end up with the wrong people. Yeah. And then, you know, you think it's over. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. there they all are back yeah. together. Oh, yeah, because that was, that was the scene. That was one of my favorite scenes. When he went out to the courtyard, he was like drunkenly speaking in the language that he made up. and Because mm-hmm. he... Because, like, yeah, he was he was upset because he'd gotten her wedding invitation. Oh, that's right. So they did bring that yeah, up. Yeah, in the yeah. movie, yeah. yeah. Don't have the wedding yeah. invitation. And, um, they yeah. Didn't, they didn't and go his... too much into why she uh, was willing mm-hmm. to go along and pursue and eventually um, agree to this engagement. I think it was yeah. because she was feeling the pressure. She thought, well, yeah, you know, exactly. has been, you know, my my true love is not available and he may never be. He's going to war. I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm sure. I got to, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta hammer down my own uh, my yeah. own future. Right, right. And so, and when that moment when happens, irrational like that. You yeah, know, since time immemorial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but when that when that moment happens mm-hmm. in, in a romance, that's that's one of the big moments in yeah. a, in a, a rom com. You know, a romantic yeah. comedy book or movie where you think, oh, that's it. There's, they're not yeah. they're not going to get together, and then then you enter into yeah. Act Three of this mm-hmm. romantic comedy where um, it's all got to fall into place. Mm-hmm. So. Where is that? I, for some reason, I'm thinking of Bridget Jones now. Mm-hmm. Where is that's not really your typical because they don't they don't get together until the very very end of the movie, right? right. They like hate right. each other the whole right. time, right? Right. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, he yeah. announces his, his engagement to um, that that person, that other lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they both at that moment, you can tell that both 
Mr. Darcy and um, Bridget Jones <clears throat> realize <laughs> Mr. That, that this is all wrong. He's always this Mr. Is all Darcy. Wrong. Both of them go, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. dear, yeah. Then there's that whole thing where she, he reads the diary that's open that she has, and it says something really horrible about him, and then he leaves, and she's like, oh no! Like, that's I thought, right. Yeah, and then she's like chasing Another him through false the ending. Yeah, she's like yeah. chasing him through the snow, wearing yeah. like nothing except like her underwear and some boots. Or and so. a sweater, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. How did we get from Tolkien, the rarefied heir of the greatest fantasy author of all times, to Bridget Jones? Oh, you know, the mysteries of Which I actually enjoy Bridget Jones. The, the book is hilarious. Yeah. Really, really funny. And the movie's the very good. Yeah. Anyway, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, what's the name of the actress? Oh. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's one of my favorites. She's in Miss Potter. Yes. Which is another really good book about the real life of a creative person, actually. We'll have to put uh, something on the on the screen. Since neither of us can remember the name of this actress. Yeah. Because yeah. we weren't planning on talking about that. No, we weren't. Okay. Um, um, on to Tolkien. Back to Tolkien. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things that I wanted to talk about was uh -huh. how beautiful that the movie was. Uh huh. How beautiful Tolkien's act of world creation mm -hmm. was. How beautiful his writing is, mm -hmm. and just how it's um, how beauty is just infusing mm -hmm. everything. The um, language. Yeah. The languages are beautiful. The and the uh, the music from. Mm -hmm. uh, the the soundtrack of the movie mm -hmm. is is beautiful. I want I want to tell you about something that I have, that I experienced. I was um, here's the uh, the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to see. Yeah, you can see it. Over here's the soundtrack mm -hmm. of the um, of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, this uh, in particular, this is the third part, Return of the King. Mm -hmm. And I, like a total nerd, I listened to the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings in the car, <laughs> and I was listening to it. I came to track eight. Twilight and Shadow, mm -hmm. and the singer is Renee Fleming. Oh, okay. And I was listening to it. <gasps> Renee Zellweger! That's Bridget Jones. Yes. Renee Zellweger! Okay, gonna yes, keep going. Yes, Renee Zellweger! We did it. <laughs> okay, all right, Renee Fleming. I was listening to this track, Renee Fleming singing, and I remember thinking to myself, how does she do that? Mm -hmm. Her voice is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like a bell. Uh -huh. it, and it just and it's so perfect because it's a, it's a scene with the elves mm -hmm. and her voice is just like this otherworldly sound mm -hmm. and I was I was literally I was driving home from a shift at an animal hospital in my car listening to this song at a stoplight listening to it and it got me mm -hmm. I began to weep <laughs> yeah and I don't normally do that no <laughs> I uh, I wanted to talk about this because. There's healing power in in beauty. Yeah, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, yep. Hannah, do you remember when you were in college and you were taking you took a psychology class and you let me just I wrote this down. Oh, it was you, a philosophy class. Aesthetics? No, the other one, the one where you learned about oh, how oh, a certain I was in community college. At yeah. the community college, you were taking your psychology class, and there's a certain part of the brain, the hypothalamus, the hypothalamus, yeah, that under stress, under high stress, prolonged stress, mm -hmm. can literally be damaged. Yeah, permanently. So permanently damaged the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus yeah. brain damage of that kind can lead to blunting of the emotional responses. Yeah. Can I say? Can I say something? Yes, you may. When we were in that class, and the teacher she said, um, she said, yeah, you know, and like like um, prolonged stress can cause the hypothalamus to um, the hypothalamus to shrink. I think like to wither, mm -hmm. and 
it is the damage is permanent. And pretty much everybody in the class, you know how in community college you just kind of zone out a little bit, but everybody in the class kind of like... Everybody in the class went, what? What? <laughs> yeah. I said, you, you, did, you just said permanent. You didn't mean permanent, did you? And she said, yeah, the damage is permanent. And we're all like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, and you're all thinking, stress? Stress? I'm no, stressed. No, no, yeah, exactly. I'm stressed. Am I damaging my brain? Yes. Everyone Literally, is, yep. you have brain damage from prolonged and powerful stress. Mm-hmm. Interesting in the context of, you know, what shell shock. They used to, the World War One soldiers yeah. would come back from that experience, what they call shell shock is the term yeah, they use. Just completely that different. is post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it now. But back yeah. then they called it shell shock. And it, it is and it was for real. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason that I'm mentioning this to relevant to my experience and the mm-hmm. reason why I'm bringing out the fact that beautiful music has the power to make me weep mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. whereas several years ago, I don't think it would have. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, no, I don't think so either. You, you remember this, Hannah. Many years ago, our family underwent an extraordinary amount of stress. This I is, do remember that. I remember that very well, and I remember <laughs> yeah. it very well, and it was very bad. Uh-huh. Okay, We had yeah. a very bad um, patch there, and I was stressed and upset mm-hmm. and crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where, for many years thereafter, I, I couldn't cry, mm-hmm. even when I should have. Mm-hmm. And only recently, I've noticed... Things are happening mm-hmm. where your your professor said it's permanent. Yeah, I think I'm experiencing some sort of healing power of beauty because it's it's in the context uh-huh. of something beautiful. And I yeah. wrote down a couple of these things that have happened to me listening to this soundtrack. Yeah, that's why I was so excited to talk about this because the beauty of this. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the movie Tolkien, yeah. the movie. Yeah, at the end of it. Yeah. I began to cry because uh-huh. it just, it, I was overwhelmed by just how beautiful the whole story was. Yeah. You know, I did at some point too. I don't remember when it was though. It may have been that scene where he was in the courtyard and the, um, his friend came and found him mm. and he's like, Hey, you and know, like, hey man, him. hey man, what's wrong? And he's like, Oh, it's such a mess. You know, everything's yeah. such a mess. And just like, yeah, just, ah, uh, the brotherhood. I was more towards the end uh, the where he was talking to the mom of his deceased friend. I think that, that oh, gosh. scene. That was so moving. I'm about to cry right now. I know. I am too because that was so beautiful. And then also, this has happened to me a number of times. Mm-hmm. Sitting, um, you know, going to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. like mm-hmm. Sitting there singing a hymn. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening <laughs> to the tune. Yeah. Uh-huh. Singing it. Mm-hmm. Singing the words. And I'll get too choked up to continue. Uh-huh. Because yeah. the sentiments or the tune mm-hmm. or something are just so beautiful. Yeah. Um. Reading, uh, another thing I wrote down, reading the passages, Tolkien mm-hmm. got to be a better and better writer the more he wrote. Yeah. The, some of the things that he wrote in Return of the King. Yeah. Are. <gasps> gosh. Yeah. They are, they are tear jerking. Yeah. Very, they really, really are. I think it's the Grey Havens that gets me to be honest. Oh, yeah. It's kind of yeah. like bittersweet where it's sort mm-hmm. of, it's sort of the thing where you don't want to be that person who gets left behind, but the idea of going to paradise is great. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a, yeah. Oh. Do you know what else I was thinking about, too? What? Just thinking about this was, mm-hmm. was getting me. Do you remember the scene? It's in The Return of the King as well, where um, Frodo loses his battle with the ring. The ring takes him over. Right, right? yeah. And he goes, mine. Like, yeah. Like, scary, scary Frodo. Ah. Yep. <laughs> and, he, and he takes the ring, and then... And then oh, um, that's your alarm. We got oh, five minutes. We are, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap this up. And right. They are going to say... So he, he falls... Over he he wrestles with Gollum and he falls over and he's hanging there. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. 
Sam comes, grabs him. Uh-huh. And you see what Frodo does. Yeah. He looks down into the abyss of fire below him. Yeah, he's like, I could just die right now. And he's very tempted. I am worthless. I am a horrible person. I blew everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let go. And Sam goes, don't you let go. Uh Don't you dare let go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So this is the effect of beauty. Thanks a lot. I know. Yeah. It it heals. Uh And it uplifts. Yeah. And here's why. And mm-hmm. here's why it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Beauty will save the world, like yeah, Dostoevsky uh-huh. said. I believe yeah. it will. We can debate that in uh-huh. another podcast. But mm-hmm. but what it does, what beauty does, mm-hmm. it bypasses all of your intellectualism, yep. all of mm-hmm. your rationalism, all of mm-hmm. your arguments, yeah, all of your facades, all of your attempts at being tough. Mm-hmm. And it goes, it reaches right for the heart. Yeah. And that that is the that is the power of beauty, and it and it, some, and it hits you all of a sudden. Yeah. Like I was not expecting to be driving home, listening to this beautiful <laughs> yeah. thing, and then you know, yeah. weeping. Oh, I have I have more to say about that kind of thing in relation to theater and stuff as well. But maybe we should save that for another podcast for the yeah. actual when we talk about beauty. When we talk about beauty. Yeah. What else did I write here? I don't know. I think that was everything. Yeah, 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 when, yeah. When we did, we that was my little um alarm that went off. So, mm-hmm. so we'll wrap it up. Um. Anything that we talked about um, on this uh, on this episode, we'll tr- we'll go back and listen to it, obviously, and we'll try to put you know titles and links to things. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually wrote a review of Tolkien's uh, of the Tolkien movie of Karakowski's movie, and uh, we'll post that on our on our website, and mm-hmm. you can read it. And um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, do you know? Do subscribe to the podcast so you so you get it. Every every week, or if you want to subscribe to the video version of it here, yep. um, on this uh, on this video channel, um, feel free to do that as well. Are we doing just audio as well? Some places. Oh yeah, we'll be we'll be uploading it as audio. Oh, okay, absolutely. So people can listen to it as just an audio thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. or if they want to watch the video, yeah, okay. um, they can do that as well. So um, anyway, I, thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks, Hannah. That was a, a, a awesome conversation. Really thank enjoyed you. it. All right, good. Awesome. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Or, or good, good morning. Good, <laughs> good 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs>